So, Tensta Museum reports uh, from you, Sweden, is a project that started in 2012 and which is still ongoing. And uh, Tensta in the title comes from the neighborhood where Tensta Konsthall is located. Museum is what we try to do. We began by wanting to play museum, pretend that we were something that we are not, something perhaps more stable, uh, something more durational, because uh, Tensta Konsthall itself is a rather fragile private institution, private foundation that was started by an artist in 1998, and which is uh, relying on both uh, public and private funding. Reports from New Sweden refers to uh, the status of the neighborhood in Sweden today, which um, I will talk a little bit about uh, in a moment. The most uh, substantial in space presentation of uh, the project <coughs> happened in the fall of 2013 uh, under the rubric of Tensta Museum reports from New Sweden, the fall department, which evolved into Tensta Museum spring department. Uh, so the whole exhibition went on for um, close to seven months and uh, a number of uh, artworks and other projects changed during that period and some stayed. And it goes on uh, very uh, intensively so since the exhibition came down, but uh, rather in terms of activities than uh, in the shape of an exhibition. This is what Tensta Consta looks like uh, from the outside uh, at night. And uh, it uh, is a small structure with six employees and an annual budget of around uh, 900,000 euros. It's uh, housed in a former storage space underneath uh, a shopping mall. So above, it looks a little bit like this in the summer. And if you go up even higher, in an airplane, this is what the neighborhood looks like. It's uh, located about 25 minutes on the subway from the city center, and it's part of a nationwide scheme, housing scheme called the Million Dwelling Program that was in place between 1965 and 1974, whereby, well, whereby one million housing units were constructed across Sweden, uh, and thus, improving housing conditions tremendously. It's worth uh, mentioning that before the million dwelling uh, program, it was common to live in the city center of Stockholm without having your own uh, bathroom in the apartment, but in the basement and sometimes even in the courtyard. So it was a huge scheme to uh, provide people with better living. So you have million dwelling program areas across the country. This happens to be the biggest one, the single biggest one. And it was built between 1967 and 1972. Uh, today, about 20,000 people live here, 90% uh, of whom have a translocal background. Uh, many people with a background in the Middle East and in uh, East Africa. The area as such is old farmland, and there are many historical remains from the Bronze Age, from the Iron Age, there are rune stones, and as it happens, the oldest stone building in the region of Stockholm is the church, which is located 300 meters from Tensta Konsthall itself. 
So this is what it used to be like, and some of that has actually been kept in the middle of the uh, neighborhood. So the um, situation of Tensta today with its 20,000 inhabitants is that statistically uh, the population is younger than the national average, the income is lower than the national average, um, the unemployment is higher than the national average, and in the media it's quite often described as a ghetto. Uh, certainly, there are many, many more sites to the area than that. And Tensta Museum reports from New Sweden wanted to look at history and memory in Tensta in relation to people uh, and in relation to the place itself, while at the same time thinking about the current situation. And we did so through collaborating with a number of artists, architects, researchers, local associations, um, and a project philosopher, namely Boris Budin, whom I mentioned earlier, who has written very interestingly about cultural heritage and the shift from the notion of history to heritage and how this actually has happened primarily from the 70s uh, until today and how this uh, preoccupation with the past, according to him, actually puts a lot in the way in relation to thinking about the future the way that was uh, discussed earlier uh, today. And a group of about 15 people, consisting of precisely artists, architects, researchers, local associations, etc., started meeting for seminars in 2012. We met about every second or third month. Often Boris Budin came. Um, we invited other people to give talks about, for example, the media presentation or the media representation of the neighborhood uh, since it was built in the late 60s. Uh, we organized a big symposium in collaboration with the City Museum of Stockholm on the notion of cultural heritage prior to the exhibition. Eventually, when it opened, it was like a quilt with many different uh, patches, different colors, dif different textures, etc. One of them was uh, a personal archive of an architect who used to live in the area for about 10 years and who uh, collected a lot of material uh, about its coming into being, uh, particularly uh, drawings and photographs, and he himself also participated in the reconstruction of some of the uh, existing apartments. Another part of the exhibition, uh, which was very important, was artworks dealing with late modernist housing. Um, because just as late modernist housing is a global phenomenon, we literally find it all over the world. Artists, artists interested in late modernist housing also exist all over the world. And this was, in a way, um, an attempt also to place Tensta in a different context, um, in a more global arena, uh, through the artworks. Because, uh, as you can imagine, often artists have been dealing with these areas in more complex and, for me at least, more interesting ways than many researchers and, for sure, uh, mainstream media. And this happens to be a, a future vision by an artist based in Malmö, in the south of Sweden, Viktor Rostal, of what the housing estate where he grew up could look like in 2020, when nature has basically taken over. Uh, so vegetation is coming very close and there is even a waterfall uh, coming out of one of the windows. 
Another example, uh, Terence Gower, uh, dealing with one of the major late modernist housing estates in the city center of Mexico City, which also happened to be the site of the student massacre in 1968. So there were many such um, artworks from the 90s onwards, dealing with different late modernist housing estates in different places. An installation view of the uh, fall department from one side and Maybe you get a sense from seeing this image that it was quite um, a dynamic spatial experience from the other side of uh, the space, which is about 400 square meters. It looked like this. And uh, one of the things that you could see to your right in this image uh, was this poster stand containing old photographs from Tensta <coughs> belonging to the Cultural Heritage Association of the area, whose members are, I would say, 70 plus. They all grew up in Sweden. They all identify very much with traditional um, notions of, of, of living in Sweden. Um, and we contacted them because we knew they had an archive and asked if we could possibly collaborate and use some of their photographs. And also we were curious if they had any photographs from the new area, from the residential buildings, and they said, no, probably not. Mm -hmm. But we insisted, and indeed, somebody in 1968 climbed the church tower and took a photograph where you can see the area being built. And this led to a conversation with the, <coughs> with the uh, Heritage Association about how to think about heritage from their perspective, because they, are di they were distinctly not interested in the, the modern part of the neighborhood. <laughs> and we co-organized a couple of, of discussions. Um, and um, I think they, they started to th think about things slightly differently, although we uh, surely did not convert them. <laughs> and uh, because we're thinking about curatorial issues here, I would like to point out that the idea of displaying the photographs on this poster stand came from them, and I think it's a brilliant solution. Because it's a housing estate, housing was a red thread, or is still a red thread in Tensta Museum. Um, and uh, this is a watercolor uh, from the middle of the 19th century by Josephette Sjöberg, who was um, an unmarried woman living in the city center at the time. And because she was unmarried and only could earn a little bit of money by giving music lessons, she could never afford her own house, so she moved from one rental room to the other. And she documented those rental rooms uh, in uh, watercolors. So uh, beautiful, detailed interiors, often with herself at the center, like in this one. And it gives uh, a unique view into what the life of a middle-aged single woman could be in what was then the part of town where the proletariat was, where the new arrivals uh, lived, but also where the workers lived. And this is, in many senses, what Tensta has become today. And housing in Tensta was also at the core of one of the commissioned art projects by Petra Bauer, who worked with the Women's Center, which is a trans-ethnic um, organization with about 200 members. They rent an apartment where they do language classes, cooking, but more than anything, it's like an extended living room for many 
middle-aged and elderly women in the area. They came together with Petra and um, some architects, researchers and other people uh, in the shape of nine seminars around the politics of listening, the potential politics of focusing on listening rather than giving voice to something. And they met in this space with the, which they collaboratively shaped, keeping in mind that after the exhibition itself, the furniture would go to the Women's Center, who at the time did not have any money to um, refurbish their classroom. Another project uh, by three architects, Helena Matson, Michael Schalke, and Sara Brolund de Carvalho, was um, Action Archive in Tensta, a module which can be folded uh, and fit perfectly into the, into the elevators of the public uh, transportation system of in the subway. And this archive was assembling material in Tensta about a very particular conference that happened in the neighborhood in 1989 uh, about new planning processes. The architects had been curious about this uh, conference, which they had heard about from some older colleagues. They started to look in archives, the city museum's archive, the city archive, the local administration archive. There was nothing. They eventually went to one of the speakers at the conference, uh, Rob Hackney, who happened to have kept everything in London. So they could copy his material, include it in the archive, and eventually also invite him to talk about what was actually a seminal event in terms of thinking about uh, planning, uh, moving from the top down to the more bottom up uh, perspective that he represents. So the space of uh, the Women's Center and Petra Bauer was used for many different events in addition to the acts of the Women's Center and the others around listening, um, including one uh, so-called witness seminar, a format that we have used quite a lot uh, in Tensta um, in collaboration with uh, an institution of contemporary history at the Södertörn University. It's a model developed in the 50s in Britain, um, part of oral history, you could say, in order to make certain material or certain areas uh, researchable. Um, areas where there is very little data or material for researchers to deal with, witness seminars are organized whereby people are invited to give witness reports about something. This is uh, then followed by uh, questions and it's uh, recorded and transcribed and printed in little booklets, which means that then you have something that can be researched. And we did one of those around uh, the early years of the neighborhood. Many other parts uh, of the project um, had other characters, let's say. Uh, this billboard was uh, changing throughout the exhibition period. It's simple printouts from uh, the website uh, that you can see here. It's uh, an artist and illustrator from Somalia, Amin Amir, who is living in Edmonton in Canada, and who comments on current issues in Somalia uh, almost on a daily basis, and which we learned is something that many people from Somalia follow, both in the country and outside the country. Um, and uh, we had been approached by a person in the neighborhood saying that it would be great if one day you could do something with this artist. And we didn't quite know what to do with it because it wasn't so relevant to, to the program 
um, first, we thought, but thinking about history and memory intensity, it became highly interesting also in relation to trying to um, think about representation of Somalia in uh, the public sphere in Sweden, which was the topic of a number of uh, seminars which we co-organized with the Somali Association. Uh, only a few more images. Um, we often get the question, so what about artists from Tensta? Do you ever show artists from the neighborhood? And um, when we've uh, made open calls, etc., uh, we have sometimes received um, visual art stuff, but more than anything, it's uh, spoken word and literature and poetry. Uh, so we commissioned a number of um, young people involved in a um, network of slam poets called Revolution Poetry to write some new texts which were performed on different occasions. And uh, we also worked with uh, the um, Kurdish Association, which happens to be the biggest and oldest national association in the neighborhood, and who have, since the beginning, focused a lot on cultural activities. And uh, one of our team members, who speaks Kurdish, made a selection from um, their archive, which was displayed on um, these uh, red bulletin boards and also in the vitrines. And it, they were activated, the material was activated through a number of um, Sunday afternoons co-organized with them. And because we were playing museum, because we were trying to be a museum, we thought that we should, of course, have branches. So we um, approached the city museum in the city center um, and asked if we could have a branch over there. And they said yes. So the artist Katharina Lundgren made a new work, um, which uh, was displayed um, as the branch at the city museum. And while we were working on this, the local library um, rang up and said, we're going to be renovated uh, and we need a place to be. Could we open a branch over at the Konsthal? And we said yes to that. So we had a tiny section of the library, primarily with children's books and uh, with um, books on local history uh, throughout the uh, seven-month exhibition period. Another case where people approached us was a new network of organizations dealing with housing, because housing is one of the big topics in Sweden. There is a housing crisis, you could say, um, with old organizations, newer ones, coming together wanting to have a public debate about housing. And they wanted to have their first forum um, at Tensta Konstad because they knew about Tensta Museum and felt that it was the appropriate place. So we ended the exhibition itself with uh, this forum organized by them, uh, debating um, the future of housing. So after these seven months with many different projects and a whole, a whole um, uh, do you say roster, a whole group of new contacts, we felt that it's impossible to end this project. We have to continue. That was not part of the idea from the beginning. And uh, we decided, okay, Tensta Museum should be present in the activities in some way, as long as it feels necessary, as long as there is a demand, as long as we feel the desire to do so. And the following iteration, the summer after the show closed, was in the shape of a classroom, like you can see it here. And the reason why it <coughs> became a classroom was that um, 
the Swedish for Migrants school, which is located in the neighborhood, um, had complained that the Konsthall was closed in the summer, which had been the case for actually 10 years and which is not unusual for art institutions in Stockholm because they need places to go with their students in the summer. And we actually decided to stay open uh, to see what that would mean for our activities. And when they learned about that, they immediately asked if they could have their classes um, at uh, Tensta Konsthall. And then we had to organize a classroom. So that's what you see here. We continued the line of uh, artworks dealing with late modernist housing with Jakob Kolding. Um, and as it happened, one day a gentleman came and knocked on our door and said, I found a box in the city planning office about to be thrown away. And it, it was um, original drawings by the planning architect of Tensta. And he wondered if he were interested in showing them. So that became part of this continuation as well. And this is how it has continued with uh, a classroom most of the time, um, and the classroom sometimes extending um, beyond the art center itself. And the most active part of Tensta Museum now is probably the art project, The Silent University, initiated by Ahmed Ögut in 2012, which is an um, independent educational platform wanting to make available the knowledge and competence of people whose legal status does not um, allow them to um, tap into um, those resources. And in different places, um, it takes different shapes. Here, it's a language cafe. So uh, it started once a week with um, um, language ca a language cafe for people wanting to practice Arabic and Swedish. Um, with the receptionist of uh, the Konsthal being the person leading the activity, Fahim Al-Nabsi. Uh, but it's become so, um, the demand has grown so much that we actually now do it twice um, a week on Fridays and Sunday afternoons. Let me see, I have. So what this has led to is that Tensta Museum um, uh, evolves slowly, we often do not plan long in advance, and um, a result has also been that a number of uh, associations and organizations and groups contact us and ask if they can use the art center for their own purposes. Uh, and one of them is um, uh, homework assistance. They used to be in the library, it was a bit too crowded, a bit too rowdy, and um, they uh, asked to come, and that has now been going on for almost uh, two years. Yeah, I think I'll end here. Okay, yeah, I already see some uh, similarities between your two talks as well as with the previous one. Just um, one very basic question, since you're playing museum, are you also collecting? Um, everything? No, we're actually trying to make our archive go mm. into the uh, city archive mm. um, because we are too, too fragile uh, to actually be a reliable mm. holder of uh, an archive. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Anybody else have some uh, urgent questions? By playing 
museum, also in the representational level, there are like different approach from media and uh, also from different kinds of public? Well, it actually um, happens quite regularly now that people think that we are a museum. Um, people might come to the reception and ask if this is Tensta Museum. Um, it is also a way for us to talk to funders, for instance, to underline to them that we would need more funding in order to be more stable, uh, to be a bit more like a museum, that you don't change, you don't rock so easily. And I think it actually has had a, a certain effect on that level. I'm curious to know how do you articulate this strength of the program with the other strength, let's say the more art world, Tesla style exhibition and other activities program. If you see any conflict or if the audience has been seeing it as a conflict or how, it, how does it work? Um, they are parallel tracks and uh, we do not um, make very big attempts to, to connect them. If these connections happen, it's fine. But um, for me right now, it's more important to have the parallel strands, just as you have activities that are not art-related next to very art-specific exhibitions. The idea of proximity. And would you aim to become a museum, or what benefits do you think, or is it, is it? I mean, just the idea of playing museum, for me, it's, uh, it seems very productive uh, for, for reflecting on many things, but would you, would it be like a, like a goal for, for you? No, it would not be uh, a goal at all. Um, I, th I think it's really great to be an art center in this location, but I wish we would be an art center with, with, uh, with a bit more um, stability, let's say. And I want to show you this image because the sign um, above the windows is also um, a response to that. Metahaven, who are designing most of the things that we do, website, uh, handouts, etc. I had talked to them a lot about how difficult it is with funding and we feel so uh, fragile and so on, and we don't know if we will exist uh, in 10 years, maybe not even in five years, there's nothing guaranteeing this. And at the same time, we had asked them to come up with a new sign, and they said, well, if this is the case, surely you need a concrete sign. 